as I said before, our mission is restoring broken lives, and, <clears throat> and uh, that's something that we uh, constantly want to focus on, Bro broken lives that are broken by the consequences of sin, meaning the brokenness become, can become because of our own actions or the actions of somebody else. And as we are moving and focusing on that, even in the uh, context of biblical justice, uh, we want to remind you that we have three priorities. One of the priorities, which you're experiencing right now, is Sunday morning, uh, our, our church service on Sunday morning. We really want this to be an experience uh, whereby we can um, make sure that you in this room have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Uh, people who are online have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about, you, that right where you are, I don't care if you're in your car or in a park, that you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You better be careful. You could be sitting in the park bench and all of a sudden, hey, the Holy Spirit hits you and people wonder what you're watching. But the point is, is that we want you to be encouraged. And then those who are in the lower sanctuary, I know there's some people who still want to come to the house of the Lord, but they're like, you know, the sanctuary, the people look a little bit too uh, close for me, even though we are following uh, the restrictions and the regulations of the state. So downstairs in our lower sanctuary, for those of you who want a little more space, please, but you want to be in the house of the Lord, please join us and make sure that you experience God's house. Uh, secondly, our priority, as you can see, is children. And that's why we want to make sure that we have room for our children to minister to you. Amen. Didn't they do a great job? And that's a passion. I love children so much that uh, we had a, a prophetic uh, team meeting yesterday. And, and after that meeting, I, I saw uh, Makai Marks, and he was like, come on, Bishop, let's play ball. And so I, I asked him, well, how, 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 how many points do you want to go to? And in my mind, I'm thinking two points, but at the most I was going to go five. He said, okay, five. And so we got out there and played one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, I was just going to, like, just enjoy the Makai. And then I saw him. I was like, oh, he's good. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm going to have to <clears throat> work a little harder than I need to in my particular shape and age. And then his mother started videotaping. <laughs> Sorry, video recording. And in my mind, I'm saying, all right, if this dude busts me up, it's going to go viral. And I can't, I can't have that. And so you know how you young guys are doing all that dribbling stuff. Like, then he tried to put it behind put it between my legs and run by me to make me look like a fool. <laughs> but how many of you older guys know about that grown man strength? <laughs> he tried to do that run around and I stopped him in his tracks. I was, I mean, it, was, it was an honest play, but, uh, <laughs> but Makai is really good. And you say, well, who won the game? I'll let you ask him. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, Amen. Uh, I want to encourage you, even during the offering, I know we had the, the young people minister during the offering, but I want to encourage you really to give, because uh, we're really doing some amazing work uh, in the kingdom of God. Uh, I think you'll be proud that Cambridge, the city of Cambridge has adopted uh, a few uh, Afghan refugees, and they were they sent out an email to, um, a broad email, and we decided as a church that we would purchase uh, some bedroom furniture for these families. They're actually living right around the corner, well, very, about a five-minute walk from PT North, and so don't want to give out the address, but they're living in our community. And so let's praise God that we have funds to, again, restoring broken lives, and I don't know about lives any broken than people who have had to not simply leave their house, but leave their country. Praise the Lord. We're going to get in the Word. I want to remind you that 
uh, as we are continually uh, anointing ourselves with oil, and if you didn't get any oil, you may say, well, I'm not a teacher or I'm not a student, but we have a whole bunch of oil that my wife and I prayed over uh, in the, uh, the uh, vestibule right out the door to your, to your left, my right, and get a, anoint yourself with the oil of the Lord and see what God will do. And we're so sure that God's going to move that if you have a testimony, if, you, if, if, if God has really done something for you as you would anoint yourself and during this pandemic, just hit us uh, with an email at ptspice, testimonies at ptspice.org, and we'll get it. I wanted to talk to you, uh, as I said last week, we're going to be ministering for the next, uh, for the remainder of the year on the book of Colossians the book of Colossians. And I, I asked the Lord, Lord, why did you want me to minister on the book of Colossians? And those of you who are familiar with the book of Colossians, uh, there is no other book in the Bible that speaks on and focuses on the supremacy of Christ. And I think in this day and age, we need to know that Christ has been set above all principalities, powers, mights, dominions, and he has a name that's above all names, that, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow. And sometimes we can get caught up on social media and Fox and CNN and MSNBC and PBS and all of the TikTok and all of the noise that's coming abroad, Facebook, and forget that Jesus still is Lord. I said Jesus is Lord. So I hear the Lord was saying, get my people focused back on Christ. The book of Colossians, let me, why don't you pray with me? Father, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit and power so that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Greene, but in the power of God. I pray that prayer that Paul prayed to the church of Ephesus. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, Jesus. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts, our hearts, that's where our issues are, let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of our calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints and help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. In your name we ask it, amen. Amen. So Paul um, wrote this letter to the church at Colos, and those of you who are unfamiliar with Colos are uh, the the um, the we call it the book of the the book of Colossians, but it's really an epistle or a letter that Paul wrote to a church located in the city of Colos, Aegis, no, Colossae, which is in Asia, Asia Minor. Paul, actually, the, the beauty of Paul who does not allow circumstances to control what God has called him to do, uh, he wrote about uh, four very powerful letters to the church. Actually, three was to the church and, and one was to an individual. They're called the prison epistles because Paul wrote these letters from a prison in Rome. And, and he wasn't so much like in you know, maximum confinement or a heavy uh, prison in the sense that there was prison population. In this case, Paul was kind of under house arrest, meaning that he could have guests, he could send out letters. And in this case, he wrote a letter <clears throat> to the church of Ephesus which is one of his stronger churches, and we call that book Ephesians, or that letter Ephesians. He wrote, a church, he wrote a letter to the church at Philippi, which is Philippians, and it's amazing that he wrote that letter because the scripture that he wrote that really touches my heart 
is Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, where he's telling these people why he's in jail, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So no matter where you are, the command is to rejoice. Paul also writes this letter to the church at Coloss, and that is the book of uh, Colossians. And then he wrote it to an individual uh, whose name is Philemon. And we you know, will talk about him at another time. But hopefully, if, uh, if you can show the map of, of where this place was so you can get a sense of what I'm talking about. So if you see the map of Philippians, not for maps of Philippians, but the map of where Paul traveled, you will find, oh, this is not up there. Okay, actually go back. Go back one, one uh, screen. Okay, so how many of you have ever used Google Maps? <laughs> Everybody has. And, you know, usually when you type in you know, the, the place where you're going, in this case I have the distance from Cambridge to Hartford, Connecticut. And I'm always struck by this, you know, those little icons which says, okay, if you drive, this is how long it's gonna take. If you um, take public transportation, this is how long it's gonna take. If you ride a bike, you know, sort of like uh, Brother Jeff, who, uh, Reverend Jeff, who rides uh, long distances, this is how long it's gonna take. Then it says if you walk to Hartford, uh, it says it's gonna take 34 hours if you walk. And if you notice that, well, you may not notice, but the distance from Cambridge, Massachusetts to Hartford is about 97.5 miles. Roughly 100 miles is the distance between Cambridge and Hartford. And you may say, so what does that have to do with the scripture? Well, go to the next map, and you'll find that the distance between Ephesus and Colos is 100 miles, so it's the same distance. And you may say, well, why are you talking about Ephesus? Because Ephesus was, was a city and a church where Paul spent the most of his time ministering to. That's why that church is so strong. That's why even in the book of Revelations, when, when Jesus is writing a letter to the pastor, the angel of the church of Ephesus, you'll, you'll see Ephesus was a strong church. And so while Paul was ministering in the area or the city of Ephesus, a major city, a, a, a man named um, Ephesus, Epaphras just so happened to be in the city of Ephesus while Paul was ministering. He gave his life to Jesus Christ went back to the city of Colos, and he became the pastor and was ministering to the saints and the believers in Colos. And this is like 53 BC, uh, 53 AD, roughly about 20 years after Jesus died. If you follow me, say amen. Amen. And I know it's tough to say amen under the mask. So uh, what you could do, if, if I say something that makes you want to say amen, but you realize it's going to go, just snap your fingers like that. Okay? So, let's so let's practice. Jesus is Lord. Okay. okay, good. The GC band and worship leaders were good. Okay, okay. And if it's really good, I love you, Lord. Do both hands. All right, all right, very good. So, Epaphras has ministered as a pastor to this church roughly for seven years. So now we're moving from 53 AD to 60 AD, seven years later, where he now, uh, Epaphras, in his name, loosely translated, his name means devoted to love or lover of God. What strikes me about this man, if the map is still up there, is that because he loves the people of God, he discovers that there is, there is philosophies and doctrines and theories that are being mixed with the gospel, are you hearing me, so that the gospel is now diluted. 
And I want to say this. No, the reason why this year we focus on biblical justice is because biblical justice is not social justice. That I didn't, honey, if you can give me a snap because, because we, we got to be careful, especially those of you who are not really familiar with the scriptures, that we don't sink into something because God is God of justice, but we can slowly erode and slowly find ourselves moving into an area of justice that is not biblical. That's why it's so important that you know the scriptures so that when you execute justice, are you with me, that, that, that God says, all right, because you're executing judgment the way my word says, I'll back you up. But when you're, when you're doing just social justice, God's saying, you know, that's nice, but you're kind of on your own. It's quiet in here, but that's all right. So you have this, this man... Um, Epaphras, who realized that there's false doctrines and theories and philosophies and, 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 and a whole lot of other things that people are consuming that, that they were mixing with the gospel, therefore it wasn't the gospel. Epaphras loved the church so much that he traveled 1,200 miles 1,200 miles to Rome to, to explain to Paul what was going on. And Paul begins to pen a letter to the church of Coloss saying, you need to understand that all this other stuff that you're mixed, in with, mixed with, you need to keep in mind that Christ has got to be the center of everything you do. Can I get amen for that? Christ has got to be the center. And so, as Paul writes this letter, what struck me, and I don't know how long I'll be, but I, I want this to really sink in your heart. I'm going to talk about me. As I was reading the first chapter up to verse not obviously going through the whole book, but what struck me is that is the, is the quality of Paul's prayers for the church. And I'm going to talk about me so that way you don't get upset. But I realized I had to ask myself the question, Brian, as a pastor and and you need to understand, I get paid to pray. That, that's, my that's my job description. In Acts chapter 6, it says, you know what? Uh, the pastors and the apostles, uh, you, we're, we're going to make sure that we have, you know, A6 and deacons and small groups to take care of the needs of the people. But your job is to continue in the word of God, and to pray. So there's a hope that if I spend more time with God, my prayer life and my prayer focus and my prayer subjects and my prayer context would mature. And I thought, you know, based on my being a born-again Christian, a believer, someone who received Jesus Christ at the age of 10, and, and now for over half a century, I've been walking with Jesus and raised in church and know all the church lingo, all the church language. Are you, are you following me? Uh, you know, we, and, and sometimes I got to remember that not everybody was raised in church. So we say terms like, Father, cover them with the blood of Jesus. Ooh, the blood. You need to build an altar in your home. An altar? For what? 
So we use these terms, and I'm not saying we shouldn't, but what I'm saying is that we can get so, I'm preaching right now, we can get so comfortable in our church ease that even when we communicate, that has to be translated. So we got to be careful. So I'm, I'm always constantly the, asking my leaders is, how, if a person never been in church and they just walked into your ministry or into our church, would they understand what you're saying? And so I, for me, I know all the terms and, 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 and I'm, I'm not, I'm talking about me. Tell your neighbor he's talking about himself. Okay? Okay, so I don't want people saying, oh, Bishop don't like the way I pray and he's watching. No, it ain't about you. Get out of your feelings. It's not about you. It's about me. It's about me understanding that, you know, there's some things I do that's simply because of church culture, but not necessarily the word. Ah. And then I was reading Paul's prayers for the church at Coloss, and I said, God, my prayer life has wandered so far from some of the things that you deem important. I found my prayers stuck in, God, you know, I pray that you will heal people of coronavirus. I pray, Father God, that, you know, that you would help us to navigate through this virus and this pandemic. Father, I pray that you continue to meet my needs. I pray that you will open doors uh, for jobs for people. I pray, Father, that even in this season where there's still racial injustice, that you would be the God of justice and that you would somehow use us to be your hand in just causes. And those are all good prayers. But I've discovered that sometimes my prayers can be controlled by observation and not revelation. In other words, no, I may hear of something in the news that weighs me down, and so my whole prayer focus is now focused on what I have observed and what has hurt me in my heart, and, I, and, and that's all right if it's God's agenda. Sometimes the devil, I believe sometimes the devil is constantly bringing news before us to distract us from what God wants us to pray for. Maybe praying for the Afghan ref refugees at the moment, God, through his power, because turn your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're not the only one praying. God got people praying all over the world. And maybe he's called a church over in China to spend all night praying for Afghanistan refugees, but because you were moved by what CNN and MSNBC and Fox or whatever news, you decided that you would choose to pray for what touches you. So often our prayers become emotional and not spiritual. You know, that... I am preaching better than you're responding. But that's all right. I'm getting all up in your gravy, all up in your stuff, because the Lord got up in my stuff. So as I looked at Paul's prayer and Paul's statement, Colossians chapter 3, chapter 1, I'm not going to finish this sermon, but I, I'm going to get to the parts that I want to get to. It says in the NIV, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, we talked about that before, and Timothy, our brother. So he's with a man named Timothy, and at the Bible class, uh, Bible study, or the well on Tuesday night, they were sharing about Timothy, and Timothy was Paul's partner. And I like what Paul said about Timothy. Let me read this for you. Uh, what Paul says about Timothy, oh, I in fact, I don't have that. But he says, I have no other person as a partner and a co-worker in the gospel like Timothy. And so what I like about Paul is that Paul's saying, if I can't go to a certain place, I'm going to send Timothy. That's the kind of trust that Paul has in Timothy, with Timothy to the point that while he is writing to the church at Colossae, he's saying, Timothy is here with me 
in jail. Oh, that's a good word right there. Sometimes you need people who will be with you while you're in jail. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about natural jail. I'm talking about sometimes you feel like you're locked down. Sometimes emotionally, you're not where you really want to be. Sometimes, sometimes you need people who will sit with you even when you are miserable. Can I get a witness out there? Sometimes you need people who will sit with you when you don't even want to sit with you. You need those kind of friends. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not talking about you right now. Come on, tell somebody in the chat. No, he's not talking about you. He's not talking about you. He says to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Now here we go. I'm just going to talk about three prayers that Paul prayed and I'll pick this up next week. He goes on to say, verse 4, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all God's people, and I pause right there, and I said, God, this is my prayer, because it struck me. I, this is my prayer. And I want you to participate, those of you online, participate, those of you in the Lord's sanctuary, participate, and repeat after me. Father, Father let, people let people hear of my faith, hear of my faith. in Christ Jesus. And let people, hear of my love that I have for all your people. That's a powerful prayer. Do you have the kind of faith that people are encouraged by? When I hear the testimonies on the prayer lines, the, the prayer times, and I hear how God is, has moved for people supernaturally from healings and, and people getting saved. When I hear about their faith and how they trusted God, there's a woman uh, who used to go to our church, but she moved to another state, but she's still a part of the prayer line, and her cousin was in a coma, and her cousin... Uh, not was in a coma and obviously wasn't talking and, and she brought it to the prayer group and she said, I'm believing God that God is going to raise my cousin up from that coma and that the doctors say that this, my cousin is going to be a vegetable for the rest of his life and we, we were, she was holding on in prayer and holding on to prayer and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of God where, her, her cousin woke up out of the coma and he is in his right mind. That is faith. People need to hear God's stories. There's enough bad news. I want people to hear about my faith. God, help me to be a man that people hear about my faith. Watch this. So that when they're discouraged, they can come to me. So that they can come when they're discouraged, they can go to you. But not only hearing about my faith, help me, Jesus. Woo, Brother Emmy. But can they hear about my love for, watch this, all of God's people? Uh -huh. I'm like you. I have my favorites. You know, there's some people that I'm like, hey, like the Griffiths, hey, I like you guys, and they love me. And then there's some people, you know, like, mm, I'm not having a good day, so not today. There's some people, come on, folks, there's some people that you're like, you're like <laughs> okay, can we be honest? Can we be honest? On, on, the, on the chat line, can we be honest? I'm going to talk about me. I don't think it's anybody in this church, but anyways, I, I, I'll talk about me. There's sometimes, have you, have you ever been, no, I'll talk about me. 
There are times when I'm, you know, I don't know, in the mall, on the train, someplace public, and you're walking down the street and you see one of the saints who you're like, not today. Come on, help me out here. And, 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 I'm gonna talk to my brother right now. You, you feel me, right? You feel me. And you see them, help me out here, but they don't see you. Can I get a witness? Now, if it's your boy or your girl or one of the saints that you like, you say, hey, hey, Jeff. See, he don't even see me. He, well, he better see me now, but hey, Jeff. And like, hey. And, and usually, you know, if they have time, they'll come over, you'll hug in. But there's some people, you see them, they don't see you, and you're like ducking in the crowd. And you feel, huh? And I'll talk about me. I feel conviction. I'm a pastor. I'm a man of God. So the, the, the pastoral angel on this side is saying, you should have acknowledged him. You should have said, hey! And then I don't even say the devil, the Brian Green, not filled with the Spirit, says, no, I can do bad all by myself. Not today, not today, not today. I hope you still love me as a pastor. What kind of love are you supposed to have for all the saints? So let me read it to you from the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 7 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. Some of the meanest people in, on planet Earth are Christians. Mean? When I was, how many of y'all were raised, how many raised in church? Raised in church, like, 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 like you, you, you've been in church all your life. And, and I used to think that the more meaner and sour you were, the more holy, because after all, you serve the God of the Old Testament. And then I found out from my mom, because, you know, I'm, I'm a young guy, and, and most of the people are old enough to be my mother and grandfather and grandmother, and I said, and I never talked to my mom, said, my mom said, no, Brian, they were mean when they were young. <laughs> Turn to a young person, you better change your habits, you better change your habits. You maybe, you don't want to be, <laughs> your parents and your friends will put up with your meanness when you're young, but when you're old, I don't need to, I don't, I don't need you. Oh, let me keep preaching. Ooh. But I still got to love the mean people. Yeah, I got two snaps for that. <laughs> got to still love mean people, mean bosses, mean coworkers, mean students. Mean professors, mean professors, mean people, mean drivers who cut you off. You should say, bless you, bless you. Mean cashiers. You put your hand out for the change and they slam it on the desk. Mean. And yet you still must be kind. Opening the door for a person out of kindness and they look at you like you're the doorman, a doorwoman. Am I preaching in this place right now? Am I preaching online? Love is not envious. Whew. Why you bless them with a new car and a new this and new that? I know they ain't never at pressure. They ain't never on the prayer line. Why, why you bless them? <laughs> Molly Prayerless gets on the prayer line. I just thank God I got a job that 
three times the income, and then while I was on the job, I met my husband, and then we bought a house, and God is so good. Love does not boast. Love does not, ooh, dishonor others. It doesn't matter whether they're worthy of honor or not. Let me just look at the cross. Do your words dishonor your supervisor? It doesn't dishonor others. Love is not self-seeing, seeking, self-seeking, self-seeking. I like one of my favorite comment, comments is uh, Brian Regan, and he talks about the me monster. And what it is is, uh, I'm just going to look straight at the chat people so that you don't get upset. It's sort of like the person who, who you tell a story and you say, yeah, you know, I play Little League Baseball, and I was pretty good. And then the me monster, another person comes in and says, oh, I play Little League Baseball, but when I was, when I was playing uh, Aaron Judge for the Yankees, he came by my house and he played with me. Like, it's the person who always got to top your story. I got these nice pictures of you know, Hawaii, well, I've been to Hawaii 18 times. Like, 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 love is not self-seeking. Love sometimes says, you know what, I have a story and a testimony that, 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 that tops that, but I'm going to prefer them and let them have this time of affirming. I got a B in my report card. Oh, I got all straight A's. In fact, I got A plus, 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 plus. Like, like, come on. And pastors can get like that. Oh, we had a crowded church. We had 100 people. <laughs> 100 people. I get, I get that at a prayer service. <laughs> Love is not self-seeking. Love is not, oh, Jesus, easily angered. I am going to preach. I'm going to stop right here for a moment. You know why people keep cutting you off when you're driving? Do you know why, I, I, do, you, do you know why no matter what line you stand in, it always is the slowest line? Can I get a witness out there? Come on, you know how you do your, your, your shopping and you're looking at the line, the checkout lines, and there's a short line, you're like, hey, yeah, I'm going to get out of this real soon. And, dee, dee, dee. and all of a sudden, the person in front of you, they're like, oh, I, oh, oh, I don't have enough money, and oh, and I'm like, what? And you see the other line going, doo, doo, doo. You, you see people who got in the line 10 minutes after you, and they're going out with their bags. Do you know what God's doing? God is trying to get to your anger issues. Let me preach to the people online. God is going to keep letting people cut you off until you bless them instead of giving them the, your number one sign. Ooh, you're preaching, Bishop. You're preaching, you're preaching, you're preaching. God is going, ah, and, and, and you would say, well, when, when will God stop this craziness? When you live crucified in Christ. I never saw a, I, I've never been to a funeral where you walk by the body and say, you're ugly, I hate you, you're stupid, and the body's jumps out of, the, out of the casket. No, the body just lies there. When you just lie there. Woo! When you just hang, when you don't come off the cross and handle your business, but stay on the cross and handle his business, when it doesn't matter and bother you anymore, then God will stop. I don't know why I'm pausing. I think I'm just going to get through one prayer. 
Love does not keep an account or record of wrongs. My degree is in accounting. Do you know how hard that is? Hmm, that's, that's four evenings Carmen didn't cook dinner. And four, uh, watch this, and four times turns into, well, you always. Mm, tell me right now, you're keeping count. You're keeping count of how many times you were wronged. I sent you presents on three of your birthdays, and you haven't sent nothing to me. Honey, the, the, looks, like the, looks like the fingers got oil on them. <laughs> well, we as PT, we seeded into that church every year, and you think they could have just seeded one little thing, but no, they have are you keeping count? Uh, you don't like me, so turn your names and neighbor. Are you keeping count? Are you keeping count of how many times you've been offended? <laughs> Love does not delight in evil. <laughs> That's a tough one. Woo. Especially when I see somebody who does injustice and God drops the hammer on them, I'm like, in my spirit, I'm like, yippee! You deserve it! And I'm wondering if God says, you, you, you really shouldn't rejoice in that. But always rejoices in the truth. Love always protects. When someone's messed up, do you gossip and expose they mess up to other people. Love always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres. Father, I ask you to help me to have a faith that people hear about so that it will encourage them to believe you. See, that's why these testimonies are so important. This is a tough season, folks, and there's a time when people need to hear what God is doing because we are constantly hit with stuff and challenges that is happening in our world. God, help us Help me that people will know, people will hear about my love for all of God's people. Not simply all of God's people in Pentecostal Tabernacle, but all of God's people of other ethnicities, of other races, Father genders, God help me to love all of God's people. I want to end with this. One of these th one of the things that Carmen and I we pray on Sunday morning for our service. We then say, God, don't only bless our service, but bless abundant life. Pastor Larry Ward, bless Kingdom Empowerment Church. Pastor Lorraine Thornhill. Bless Calvary Praise and Worship Center, Pastor Juan Collins. Bless, bless Christian Mission Holiness Church, Pastor Clayton Ward. Father, bless Alathia Church, with Pastor Adam Marbury. Blood, bless Hilltop Church with Pastor uh, Temple, Bethany and Darrell. Bless, bless Hope Fellowship Church with Pastor Curtis Cook. And we we go down the line. Bless, bless uh, Christ the King Presbyterian Church, uh, who has a new interim pastor, Pastor Clyde. Bless other churches. We're not just concerned about PT. 
were concerned about the body of Christ. Let's all stand. Lord, are my prayers mature? Lord, have my prayers become so based on what's going on in the pandemic? What's going on with the troubles in my life? I am asking you, Father, give me a faith and give me a love for other people that others will hear of. And when they hear of it, because my light of faith in you and my light of love for God's people are so shining in this world that people will give the glory and honor to you. Thank you, Jesus. For one minute, for one minute, could you silently, or in fact, you don't have to be silent with it, whatever you feel comfortable doing, but for one minute, could you pray for the person next to you, whether it, you have, if you have two people um, next to you, that's fine, but, but pray for them that they will have a faith that others will, a faith in Jesus that others will hear about and want to follow Jesus. Pray for them that they will have a love that comes from God for others that will cause others to say, like Jesus said, by this men, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. This is John 13, verse 31, 30, 31. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. It's going to be by your love one to another. And so right now, pray, whether, even if, whether you're an adult or a child, whether you go to this church or don't go to this church, just quietly for the next minute, pray for that person that they would have a faith that others hear about and say, when I'm, I'm feeling discouraged, I know I can go to this person. When, when, when my faith meter, when my faith fuel tank runs low, I can go to this person because... I've heard about their faith in Jesus. And pray about the, the love, God. Help my brother, help my sister to have love for all the saints, all the believers. Yes, we're supposed to love the world, but right now Paul starts out with the believers. I'm writing to a church. And Lord, help me not to just love people that go to Pentecostal Tabernacle. But there are other churches in this city that, that we need to push the gospel in this city. There's 115 to 120,000 people in the city of Cambridge. They need, they need to see the love of God exhibited among believers. Oh, while you're on the chat, type in, a, type in a prayer. You don't know who's on the online with you, so just type in a prayer in the chat. God, God, help my brother, help my sister to have a faith that other people will hear about. Help them to have a love for other people in the body of Christ. Let people hear stories about how Hey, I was down and I heard that you prayed for such and such. Hearing stories about people helping each other move. People dropping what they're doing and say, hey, I'll, ba I'll, I'll, I'll sit for you. I'll babysit for your, your, your baby so that you can get a break, single mom. Oh, let them hear. Let them hear. Let them hear of our love. Let them hear of our patience. Let them hear. Let them hear. Let this be a place where there's no condemnation. But it's a place that people can feel the love of God. As Paul says in 
Romans chapter 5, the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Let, us, let this be that church. Let, let people say, if, 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 if you're having a hard time believing the power of God and what he can do, go to Pentecostal Tabernacle. If you've been places, not churches, other places where you're rejected and, and hurt and, and, and people don't care about you, go to Pentecostal Tabernacle. That's a church that loves people. Oh God, help us to be known as a church that loves people according to what your scripture says. Help us, Holy Spirit. We need your help. We're incapable of doing this on our own. I know I am. As heavy head is bowed and every eye is closed. Whether you are in this building, in the lower sanctuary, or online, Jesus sent this message for you. Because all of the things I read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about Paul's description of love, love is patient, love is kind, that is exemplified in Jesus Christ. John says in his letter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, he didn't simply say that God does love, he says God is the very definition of love. And he so loved you and I that he gave his son, John 3, 16, he gave his only begotten son to rescue us from being damned to eternal death, which is called hell. It's the gift of salvation. We deserve to die for our own sins, but Jesus sacrificed his life, so all we have to do is accept his sacrifice for our sin and use that sacrifice as a payment for our sin so that now we can be children of God. It's not about joining a church. It's not about being baptized. It's not about having your first, second, or third communion. It's about you receiving Jesus Christ. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed and you're here, you say, wow, Bishop, that word really spoke to me about the love of God. You're online and you're saying, man, that really spoke to me about the love of God. You're in the lower sanctuary, just below us, watching through close circuit, and you're saying, wow, the love of God, I, I want that. I want to give my life to Jesus. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and you're here and you want to receive Jesus Christ, could you slip up your hand so that we can just, we're not going to ask you to say anything, but we just want to know who we're going to be praying for. If you never received Jesus Christ, slip up your hand so we can see who is receiving the Lord. We want to make sure we don't miss anybody. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. If you're online, Again, let us know you're receiving Jesus. We, we can't see who's responding, so we're all going to pray this prayer. Just join me in this prayer. Dear Lord, I come to you this morning. And Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. All that means is I've never asked Jesus to come in my heart. But Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, rose again from the grave so that I could become a child of God. So Jesus, seeing that you're alive, come into my heart, take away my sin, and make me a child of God. Jesus, I heard that the Bible says Whoever calls upon your name shall be saved. So Jesus, I'm calling on you now. Jesus, thank you for hearing my prayer. And right now, I know that I'm a child of God and I'm saved from my sin. 
Amen. Could you just praise the Lord for those? Because I believe there's some of you in this room that you didn't raise your hand, but if you said that prayer, guess what? You're now a born-again believer. You're now saved. You're like, but I didn't raise my hand. It's not about raising your hand. It's about speaking those words. And you invited him to your heart. And so if you did that, if you did that prayer, I'm going to ask you just to let one of the uh, greeters know. Those of you who are online, if you receive Jesus Christ, just let us know online so we can send you some information. We want to give you free Bibles. We just want you to grow in your relationship with God. God bless you. And at this time, we're going to, before we give the closing blessing, we want to, I know, I'll tell you what. Yeah, we're going to have the, the, the uh, GC praise team come one more time. And yeah, sing that song, Smile Again. And then we'll do the closing blessing. Amen. Come on, let's encourage them as they're coming. Uh, come on, we can do better than that. Let's encourage them. Praise the name of the Lord.
Samara. <laughs> our alto Faith and Hype Woman. Our other alto Zion. <laughs> you all know Darren. Thanks, Darren. <laughs> On guitar, Evan. Yeah. On bass, Ava. Without your hands, those of you who are new to this church, we don't give a closing prayer, we give a closing blessing. And so we ask you to open up your hands to receive the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face shine, grin, and beam and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor so you can smile. That will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest this week, his calmness. May the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with the divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. Amen. There's a reception. Outside, as you notice, the fence has been taken down, and so there's a reception outside. Please join us outside as we have some COVID-friendly snacks. God bless you.